Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudharman and joining me from Shanghai, as always, an Australian who hasn't resigned, Darren Burns. <laughs> I haven't resigned. I've almost resigned from my cricket role, though, I must say, Arun, after I played some pretty shocking cricket last week. Uh, uh, retirement. Team... Well, retirement is much more graceful yeah, than, than I think resignation. retirement is, is pretty close to hanging up my boots, my bowling mm. boots. Uh, but yeah, a lot of resignations in world sport this week. Uh, particularly in the cricket area, and we'll get into it later on, I guess, in the show. Well, we could start there if you want. I mean, the, the, we can. the CEO of Cricket Australia, James Sutherland, uh, I think we had, we had wondered why he hadn't stepped down at the peak of yeah, the more tampering scandal. Um, yeah, <laughs> he survived that, and now he's gone. He said it was, uh, it was long planned, and it had nothing to do with ball tampering. So your views, Darren? Yeah, look, look. I think I, I watched the press conference. It was a very forced-looking press conference. Uh, it didn't look very happy. They looked, both of them looked kind of under pressure, David Peaver, the chairman, and James Sutherland. It didn't look like a very happy event. It looked very forced, as I said. Uh, I wonder if he chose his own terms. I think there was probably discussion around, you know, I, I think the timing with the whole incident in Newlands, combined with the rights deal. There was a lot of things going on there. I think they wanted to sort of nail those things down. And what, what I think what is interesting now, they seem to be backpedaling on this whole kind of investigation into Australian culture and, and all this kind of stuff and a, a new day for Australian cricket. Uh, if you saw some of the press on Justin Langer, he seemed to be talking about sledging again. Um, <laughs> so I think- well, that's whole... Only with his, his daughter. And his parents. And it's, well, apparently it's a lot of fun to sledge your own family and, and your kids. I, I, I wasn't aware. I, I will, I'll, I'll start looking into it. Also, the news that Justin Langer plays the game you know with his kids. Yeah. Um, which you know has uh, made a big comeback right. around the world. Did you I mean, know that's, that? that is, I didn't know that. I mean, I, honestly, I hadn't heard about you know since, I think, you know, the 80s or something. Um, but, the, but as you pointed out to me beforehand, Justin Langer does live in Western Australia. And, and so they are, they are a little bit behind the times there. So, um, so look, I'm not just saying this because Mattel is a client. Ah, but Uno right. is making a huge comeback around the world. And actually, you'll be happy to know I'm judging the Cannes Lion, um, which is a, a very big sort of festival for advertising and PR. And actually, there are several, several entries about Uno. Oh, really? Yes, Interesting. there are. So do you think maybe this was part of the campaign? That this <laughs> I think it was an influencer, influencer marketing at its best. Do you think they're going to show this on the big screen in the, I think in, so. in the, in the Palais de Festival? So, uh, yeah, I wonder how much you got paid for that little plug there, which is, I think is very nice. Ooh, ooh slanderous. Ooh, but anyway, it was a very... That, so there's a Justin Langer press conference, which is one thing. But coming back to James Sutherland, yes. um, is he a big loss, do you think, for Australian cricket? I mean, he's been there 17 years. There's been tremendous growth there yeah. financially. Um, but of course, at the same time, some some big questions uh, around culture and so on. Look, I I think if you look at the whole piece from a business point of view, he's the CEO of the whole business, which includes grounds, advertising, administration, right? The men's first team, state cricket, big bash, all those things. I think if you put it collectively, you'd probably give him eighty-five and ninety mm. out of a hundred. Um, he, I mean, he doesn't directly control the culture, let's be very honest, of the men's cricket team, right? 
that, to be honest, is really the coach, mm. uh, the selectors, and the captain and vice captain. I totally wholeheartedly believe that they're responsible for that. The CEO is not going to be hands on into that cricket team. He's just not going to be right. Um, so I, I think Sutherland, on balance, you'd have to say, has done a pretty good job. Um, I think somebody being CEO of a company for 17 years is a long time. So perhaps he did think now was the right time to go. Um, I also love the way that David Peaver announced which um, headhunting firm would be appointed. <laughs> to yeah. Do the, the which sort. one is it? Who's got the gig? Egon Zander, which is great oh. for them. Great PR for them. Yeah. Um, but Egon I think a lot of people believe that it will be somebody internal, um, that it won't be anybody from outside cricket. And I think he said quite clearly in the press conference, uh, the chairman, he said that they'd be looking for somebody with cricket background, uh, preferably Australian. Uh, and that's what will happen. I think that there's a bit of a lot of discussion on Twitter with some of the Australian comment, commentators about this whole farce of trying to find an outside a CEO, which they probably know who it's going to be. Preferably Australian. So does that mean that we have to rule out Abdul Qadir? Uh, I think Abdul Qadir would throw his hat in the ring, as would Ravi Shastri. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Ravi. Yeah, I don't think the job is big enough for Ravi Shastri, personally. It's not big enough for him. It's not. But Abdul Qadir, I think, would be a, an interesting left-field choice, he, he given, given, given his views. Um, what, about, what about Michael Vaughan? Michael Vaughan could also be a bolt from the ooh, ooh, We'll get to Michael Vaughan. I think he's quite happy to, to throw um, stones from inside glass houses or whatever it is um, <laughs> and get paid a lot of money for glass, it. Glass commentary box. The glass cakes, indeed, yeah. So Justin Langer's press conference, he says he's going to put the fun back into sledging, Darren. I think, Arun, you're being very disrespectful again. <laughs> I think we had agreed to talk about some other resignations. Oh. And there was a big one this week, and oh. that was Mike Hessen. Right. And, yes, Mike Hessen. Uh, um, so he's the, he's the New Zealand coach, is that right? He, he is the New Zealand coach, <laughs> or was a New Zealand coach. Was. And um, yeah. He's done well, a great job, you'd have to say, over uh, the last couple of years. He's, he is. I mean, he, obviously he did it, uh, it behind the scenes, you'd have to say as well. Uh, certainly as far as I'm concerned, because uh, <laughs> I, I had not heard of him before today. Uh, the, the sign of a good, good coach. Sign of a good coach. But he has done a great job. It's been a really good period for New Zealand cricket, right? They, they reached the World Cup final. Um, they did. For the first time. Uh, and I think they've won eight out of, test, out of 11 test series at home. Yeah, they've got, I think the highest ranking is third in the test rankings. T uh, twenty, they went to number two at one stage, I believe, in the last four or five years. So yeah, you'd have to say he's done well, working with B Mac, the alpha male, uh, and also now with Kane Williamson. With Kane Williamson, who, you know, some real leaders have emerged from yeah. from New Zealand, and not just in the men's cricket team. Of course, the women's team, you may have noticed, just smashed the mm. uh, the one day international scoring record, piling up. 490 runs against Ireland, Darren, to which I would say it's a nice score, but it's a little disappointing they didn't get 500. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, disappointing. It's a bit like a sort of Asian parent, isn't it, really? Why did you <laughs> yeah. get 490 and not 500, right? Go well, out there I am, and do I am nothing else. if not an Asian parent. Um, <laughs> a tiny and, dad. Yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, well, well done to them, but yeah. they could have got 500. I don't know, just saying. Um, yeah, going back to Mike Hessen, I think, you know, with Kane Williamson's captaincy, I mean, I watched a lot of the IPL, as you know. Uh, he was an outstanding captain for Hyderabad, I thought. Mm. Yeah, um, he is as well. 
I mean, it'll be interesting to see who takes over. I would, I would have thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would have thought Stephen Fleming has, you know, mm. a, a, a strong case, um, unless he doesn't want to give up the, you know, the IPL roles that he has, which probably pay extremely well. Yeah, uh, and and pr- probably pay more than that New Zealand cricket will. Um, um. I'm not so sure. You know, maybe he could do both. Maybe yeah. He could, he could figure out, you know, because even for coaches, it's an issue, right? They have to, there's the, the lucrative, the, the riches of the IPL on one hand, and and then, of course, the tug of, of coaching New Zealand. Um, but that would be an interesting one. Well, well I think, you know, you, the tournament goes for six weeks, right? So as a coach, you'd be there probably, let's say, a couple of months, right? Uh, maybe a bit more. But then what do you do for the rest of the year? I think if you don't coach anybody, you maybe get a bit out of... You do a lot of, of first-class stuff, don't you? Yeah, maybe he, I don't know if he coaches in New Zealand or not. So um, yeah, you could, could do Big good. Bash. You could do. Well, Darren Lehman's looking for a new gig. I well, what about this so, Canadian T Twenty that everyone has decamped to? Aren't they looking for coaches? Because that's where Warner and is Smith there or Bancroft and and uh, I think yes. Warner's definitely there. Uh, Chris Gale has obviously turned up. Um, and you know, I would think Chris Darren Lynn, Lehman. Steve Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of players going. Yeah. So, so. Buff could uh, could could wangle a job over yeah, in Buff, Canada. Yeah, I, I think the Pakistan coach might be looking for another gig pretty soon. After he told the Pakistan boys that they needed a good hiding after the, the game against England, which was quite. But he was right. I mean, he. I would be sad. <laughs> he's I would to martial I, I, punishment. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Mickey after. I, I feel like he's so misunderstood. And, um, you know, he just can't get along wherever he has a job. He's invariably, whatever it is about him, he's always right, but his methods just always seem to go wrong. Um, Yeah. But he's very good at diagnosing the problem, I think. Yes, man, he is. um, You know, he's one of these coaches where five years later you kind of think, wow, he was right. Well, maybe you bring him in as a strategist, not an executor, because I think he has—he seems to have problems executing his plans and getting people to get on, be on board with him. Um, it seems to be very much my way or the highway, which is sort of not current zeitgeist in coaching, right? Uh, current yeah. zeitgeist is more about influencing, uh, partnering versus telling you what to do. Yeah, I think uh, the word think you're looking seems... for is cosseting. Cosseting, yes. Well done, yeah. Arun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's, these fragile egos. So maybe he becomes a strategist. I mean, he, he would be great at doing the uh, whole inquiry into the Australian cricket culture. I mean, he'd be a great guy to do it. Um, <laughs> he, he would have so many grudges. <laughs> he and totally access, would. Access He'd be to awesome crime. to watch. It would be amazing. Well, one of the things I, I do like about Mickey Arthur is he gives great press conferences. Um, and he's completely unafraid to throw his players under the bus. Under the bus, yeah. Which, <laughs> which I think is good. There were many Pakistan players. We can we can neatly segue now to the Pakistan England Test match, where one week ago we were talking about the absolute nadir once again of English cricket. Yes. Uh, as we kind of expected, they hauled themselves back. It's sort of um, progression to the mean for England and regression yeah. to the mean for Pakistan, right? Because Pakistan played a bit more like what we expected them to play like, and England played. A little yeah. bit more like what we expected. Resuming um, normal service. A little bit, yeah. I mean, they were both at Lords. I think Pakistan played out of their skins, and England yeah, were did. abject. Uh, Mickey Arthur, I thought, was really hard on his team after um, yeah. the Leeds, the Headingley Test match that England won by an innings, which I thought was a little harsh because Pakistan, no one expected them to win a Test match on this tour. 
I don't yeah. think. So, you know, I don't think you can blame Pakistan too much. Okay, they, they batted poorly at Headingley, but uh, this, is, this will happen in a May test match when you're up against Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad. Um, I thought it was interesting. England's performance was interesting. And I think you really called it completely right with Joss Butler, Darren. So well done. And I think um, despite, despite my reservations, I think you're also right about moving him up to the top of the order. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked him at number... I, I don't like him at number seven. I mean, I think it mm. does... He does, especially in this test match, the advantage of him batting at number seven is he bat against the bat, he gets the bat sorry, against mm. the old ball. Mm. Um, so people are worried about him with a swinging ball. But I, you know, I, you know, give him a shot, right? I, I, there's nothing to lose here, really. I think having him at number seven is a bit of a, because he's not keeping, right? So he's a designated batsman at number seven. I don't know why you wouldn't put him higher in the order. Well, you saw um, the risk. I mean, he ran out of partners and he was stranded yeah. on 80. And, you know, it, there's nothing to suggest that he can't um, bat higher up the order. I mean, opening batsman is is definitely going to be a, a, a tougher test for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. is he any worse than Keaton Jennings or any of these, uh, whatever, how many, what has it been, 13 or 12 opening batsmen that have, uh, that have partnered yeah. Alistair Cook since uh, Andrew Strauss yeah. retired? Although I would say... With Joss Butler, this test, he, he did bat at number seven because, of course, Dominic Best came in at Night Watchman, right? Yeah. So he would have batted at number six, well, there's which I think is okay. Interesting story there with Dom Bess. Um, he really shone in this test match. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's taken to, to international cricket like a, a duck to water, I guess you yeah. could say. I mean, it, not, not the sternest test. Yes. Uh, he batted... Very well in both test matches. Uh, bowled reasonably well in this, this match. But the risk, I think, with Don Bess is he looks like another English off-spinner whose batting is better than their bowling. <laughs> yeah, he, he bowled a lot of four bungers, a lot of four tosses when he was bowling, which for an off-spinner is pretty bad. Uh, I mean, he still did pick up um, three wickets. Uh, and, and I think at least a couple of them were, were proper, yeah. proper, you know, wickets. and. I don't think he's by any stretch the best spinner in England, uh, but sometimes attitude does count for a lot. And I think he's so. Got a great attitude, and his fielding is spectacular as well. That catch he took. Yeah, was, he has uh, great energy. I think. Yeah. And there was an interview with him, and I think he talked about the need to be the, a complete player, so that he he thought you know bowling was his forte, but then he he's worked on his batting and fielding, and that he thought in the future perhaps his batting would be more important than his bowling. So again. It's kind of the Mo and Ali syndrome, right? Mm, um, yeah. You're kind of a good all-rounder, but you're more of a England A player versus a, a real, you know, if you're picking him as a, as a frontline spinner, I think that's another issue. But you've got to give him a chance, right? He's quite young, so let's see how he goes. Maybe he, he really moves into it. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be hard to drop after this. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The risk is we've seen, as we've seen with Mo and Ali, and, you know, I think Mo and Ali is, is, is probably a, a cut above Don Best, but... The risk is that you end up with a, a player who can't handle being the frontline spinner right. in all conditions. Yeah. And when that happens, you, I think what happens is, is England then realize they don't have anyone else who's ready to step in. Right. Um, and that's going to be a problem now. I think, I think also it's going to be a very stern test if he's picked in the team for India as well. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. how he'll stand up to the Indian batsmen, uh, even in England. So let's see. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think Nathan Lyon, for example, has really come 
to the fore in the last two or three years because he can be depended on to bowl long periods and tie one end down. Right. I think yeah. previously he some batsmen would attack him and then he'd be hit out of the attack and then you'd have to go through the three quick bowlers, right? And they'd get tired and, and they'd get worn down. But I think that is so crucial on a non-friendly wicket, right? To be able to tie an end down. Yeah, and, you, and to do that, you need to be a proper bowler. Yeah. I'm not saying Don Best is not, but when you're one of these players where you're, you know, you kind of have one eye on his batting and his fielding, mm. I think that it's, it is a little bit of a risk. Um, but England love that. They love these bits and pieces. Cricket. But also good energy. I mean, the energy he showed on the field and just around the team, he, he's, you know, in his interviews, he seemed a really real positive. Yeah, I mean, he was, goal, he so. was um, demanding the ball in his first test. I mean, yeah, how often does awesome. that happen? Yeah, you know, he wasn't it's, scared it's, at all. He wasn't. I, th- I think No it's, fear. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, let's talk about the other England player to make his debut in this series, Sam Curran. I mean, for a moment, I thought I thought it was a yeah S current. For a moment, I thought it was a typo, and 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 T Curran was was back in the team. But but no, Sam Curran has has overtaken T Curran. I mean, what's going on? Did, did the selectors make a mistake? Did they choose the wrong Curran? Yeah, I, I've heard there were two Currans. Um, there could be three actually hovering around. How many Currans do you need for a bun? That's what that's I, right. I. That's what I. <laughs> I was going to make that joke, but yeah, I'm glad I didn't. Um, well, is it Tom? I think Tom, it, you know, seriously, I think Tom did really well in the one-day series in Australia. And he, he's back in the short form, I think, uh, coming up for the tour of Australia and England. So it seems to be that Sam is preferred. I, I think they like Sam because he's a left-arm bowler, I guess. Um, yeah, I have my he, reservations. He doesn't have much Sam. zip, though, I don't think. No, so, he, I watched him. Sure. and I mean, he, he, he actually... Took, got a couple. Does it, no, he got one wicket in the second innings. Yeah, um, and one wicket in the first. And I just thought he he's not quick enough. Doesn't seem to get enough off the wicket. Yeah. Um, and I would worry about him as a long term prospect. Yeah. Uh, for England's pace attack. Um, so I would I would advocate for T current if, <laughs> if we're just talking solely about currents. Um, but you know the, the Curran family is, is doing well. I mean, if there must be if there must be a Curran in the yeah. team, <laughs> if if there must be a Curran in the team, which I think I guess is the thinking, and I wonder whether at some point we'll see the need to have an Overton in the team as well. Yeah, there's um, one of it's a bit like the Australians with Mitchells, right? They've got to have two Mitchells, it seems. They They've do. got a two Mitchell policy. Well, it occurred to me that the Currans were kind of like a poor man's version of the Wars. <laughs> Very. That's a very. That's a big stretch. Um, <laughs> a homeless man's version of the wars, maybe not even. Not even. Mark War was an off spinner, and uh, uh, Steve Waugh didn't really bowl for the rest most of his career. Um, it's interesting, isn't okay. it? How brothers um, get into test matches, and, and 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 no doubt sisters as well. Also, father the and Marshalls. son. I don't know if, if you saw in India, um, Sachin Tendulkar's son, Mr. Arjun Tendulkar, eighteen yes. years old, I think. I saw that. Has been picked for the uh, for the under nineteen team. Um, Arjun, yeah, massive, uh, metaphorically of course, massive boots to fill. Yes, but I guess the saving grace there, Arun, is he is a left arm quick bowler. Yeah. So nobody correct. can compare him. I mean, if he was a batsman, God help him, right? But but he's a, he's a bowler, so nobody's going to say, oh, you know, he he doesn't he bat, doesn't bat like Sashin, or he you know they're not going to compare him with batting wise. So I think that's great. That's luck, you're saving grace. I mean, that, that was the thing that always plagued Rohan Gavaskar. 
right? Um, was uh, he, he was a batsman, and I think he was an opening batsman as well for a while. Uh, and you know, he was never ever going to be as good as uh, Sunil Gavaskar. Sure. Um, and it, it was a problem. Arjun, you know, I've heard about. I've, I've talked to people in Indian cricketing circles about him. Um, no one. And no one has expected uh, him to, to make it this far, I don't think. Um, which, again, I think might just be that kind of bias towards, well, the pressure on him is just, it's so hard. Every time he walks out, you know, there's 10 players and then there's Sachin Tendulkar's son. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a very difficult thing, I would imagine, for him to handle. And he, even as a bowler, whatever, I mean, Sachin yeah. Tendulkar was, was no mug as a bowler, right? Took some crucial wickets yeah. at times. I, I, and I guess there's always this, you know, the sort of the Moklean sword hanging over him, right? That he's been picked because he's the son of Sachin as well. Like he's got to live with that as well, that he's not really good enough in his own right, that he's he's only doing that because of Sachin. So let, let, let him, let's see. I, I mean, I wonder if that's the case as well. I mean, I, I, I doubt it, knowing Sachin. I mean, not that I know Sachin. Knowing Sachin. <laughs> Your old mate, Sash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> knowing Sachin's reputation, I doubt yeah. it because I don't think... Yeah. He's the type of guy who throws his weight around in that way, as opposed to um, Rohan Gavaska, who mm. kept turning up in um, Indian squad discussions for <laughs> weird reasons. Just turning um, up to um, just turning up to practice, <laughs> expecting a game. <laughs> hey, mate, you're not in the team. <laughs> but let's, if we could digress briefly, and I'm kind of throwing this on you, it's an interesting <laughs> thing to consider father sons. Any others from um, from your memory bank? Uh, maybe looking at Australian cricket of, of famous. Fathers and sons who have done well. It's, it's not the marshes. Yeah, well, I, I think guess. I, I was going to say the marshes. Um, of course, in in England, and there was the Comptons, right? Dennis Compton. Yep. Grandson. Of course, grandson, yeah, I Nick Compton. Nick Compton, the grandson. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Currens, actually, Nick, are, are the three Currens. generations. <laughs> There's three generations <laughs> of Currens. Three yeah. generations of Currens. Yeah. I, I can't really think of any others in Australian cricket. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm there must be. I mean, they're definitely. I know. In Chapel India, Brothers. I think their yep, dad Chapel maybe Brothers. had played um, at Sheffield Shield level. The Manjarekas in India um, were a very big cricketing family in uh, in Mumbai, and, and both of them, both uh, Vijay and his son Sanjay, played Test cricket. Cricketing dynasty. No, the biggest dynasty in Australia really is the is the Marshes, right? It's particularly Western Australia. You have they're everywhere. A whole bunch of them playing, you know, Sean, um, of course, Mitchell Marsh, you have Rod Marsh, you have Jeff Marsh, uh, a whole bunch of them played there for... What's the relationship between Rod and Jeff? I think they're brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So okay, they well, have a anyway, big dynasty. So there you have it. Yeah. Family, families in cricket. Yeah. Um, well, well done to the current. <laughs> that was quite pointless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, well, that what that segment or the entire show or this <laughs> the entire, entire season? Show. <laughs> <Doesn't> <laughs> okay, let's let's uh, let's not take that question any further. Um, okay, so England uh, live to fight another day. The angst, I guess, lifts for a little bit. Um, Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson do enough to yeah. uh, to to hit back at Michael Vaughan. They do, Vaughan. Yeah, what did you make of his um, his comments? I was, it was really funny this morning before I went on, we went on air, I was in the gym listening to the Tailenders podcast, which I think is a very good podcast, listeners, if you want to try it out. But they were really, because Jimmy Anderson is a co-host of the show and he was 
going to be commentating with Michael Vaughan pretty soon. And they were asking him how that was going to be. And he was like, well, let's see. <laughs> they were trying to like really rib him up about it. So, um, of course, Michael Vaughan, we've mentioned it before, haven't we, on the show. He's an extremely outspoken Twitter head. Uh, I think he sits there every day and just tries to think of the most inflammatory thing he can say uh, and then tweet it out. So yeah. nothing he unexpected said some, there, I suppose. He said some very stupid things in the past. I don't think this was that bad, though. I actually thought he made a pretty decent point. I mean, all he said was, you know, if Stuart Broad doesn't improve, then his place will, will be in jeopardy. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I, I, think, I think people, because they have such a close relationship, I think he was a bit surprised by it, a bit like father and son. Maybe, you know, Darth Vader and, you know, whatever, uh, Luke Skywalker or something. Um, Are you suggesting he, Stuart Broad is, is Luke Skywalker? You're not my father. And uh, Michael Vaughan yeah. is... Um, yeah. Is, is Anakin. <laughs> I don't know what I'm suggesting. Um, the dark side, anyway. I, so, I can see it. I can kind of see it. Yeah. You, you can okay. see it. Um, yeah, look, I, I think people were just a bit surprised by it. But I, I guess if you're a commentator, that's your job, isn't it, to make sort of some of those tough calls. Um, it reminded me of the time that I think Shane Warne was really, you know, giving it to Mitchell Stark, saying that he wasn't pumping his chest out and bowling hard enough. And then he started getting more aggressive and getting more wickets. And Shane Warne said, I told you so. Um, so I think, you know, Michael Vaughan might say that he was trying to sort of G him up and, you know, get him to use that energy in a positive way, which he will probably say to him, you know, it worked, mate. I got you fired up and you did well. Maybe. I mean, Stuart Broad is not above criticism. That's the other thing I would say. Um, so England will move on now. They have a one-day international against Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Do they? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you're, you're all match. over this, Darren. Um, I'm all over it. It's yeah. actually taking place tomorrow. Uh, I might, I may watch it. It's a, it's at Edinburgh. Um, yeah, it could be a nice game. And Scotland are saying it's the toughest team they've ever played um, against yeah. England, which doesn't Scotland, say much for yeah, everyone Scotland else. Did very well in the um, yeah in the qualifications for the World Cup, right? They did very well. Yeah, they uh, did very well. They beat Afghanistan, so. who are like tearing up the world at the moment of the top ranked one uh, 2020 bowler don't they they sure are Rashid Khan is um spinning circles around Bangladesh as we speak uh and then of course England uh, we'll talk about Australia's upcoming tour um of England on the next podcast I think because you are actually coming to Hong Kong so we'll, we'll be able to do something in person and you know who else will be in town is uh well Toby Doman will be in town so we could perhaps do a podcast with all three of us can we make that work with our technology? I think we can make it work. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. If we're all if we're all in person, we can definitely make it work. Okay, cool. So Sounds like fun. fun. We can do that. We can, yeah, we can have a a long chat about um, the future of English cr cricket. There's nothing nothing better to discuss. Yeah, as long as we can talk about other stuff for, for our listeners. <laughs> well, we'll, we will always talk about New Zealand, I think, and we should mention that we got. Um, I, I, unfortunately, we got a, a message from uh, a loyal listener in uh, in Hamilton, in 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 the city, or is it a town, or is it a village? I'm not sure how to classify Hamilton. I think it's settlement, a settlement, hamlet, <laughs> a settlement. I think it's a village. One horse town, a village, a village. Okay, yeah, I, I could go with that. Although we did learn that Hamilton does have a airfield, a domestic airport, um, because they have to transport cattle feed. Somehow, right? So, you mean sheep feed? Um, <laughs> but yes, we had a message from a loyal listener 
uh, is it Grant? Yes. Who, uh, who, who, who lives in Hamilton and uh, was, was keen to meet with me. But unfortunately, I had already made my um, exit from the bright lights. So next time, next time. But do get in touch, listeners. And, you know, uh, Darren in particular is always happy, happy to meet with all of you wherever he travels. <laughs> uh, and do leave a rating. Please leave a rating. Yes, do. Do leave a rating. Okay, do we have... A good one. Yeah, of course, a good one. Do we have any other, any other business or we will... I think, I, I think we can leave with a little song today. Um, mm. I was listening to... I was watching the, uh, the warm-up game between Australia and uh, Sussex, I, I believe. Uh, Genteel Hove. Um, and they had a little song that they started singing. And it was like, if you like sandpaper, clap your hands. If you like sandpaper, clap your hands. That's what wow. the crowd started singing at about 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. at night. Uh, Catchy. It's very genteel indeed. Um, but I do believe we'll see a lot more like that during the summer. Um, how did the Australians take, take to it? How did they respond? Did they headbutt well, the laughing, line? They were laughing. Well, you know, there's a lot of fun in sledging. It was very genteel and it was, and it was done with a pims in hand. Um, so it was all very genteel. It wasn't very hostile and I think they enjoyed it. Uh, their performance wasn't very good, though. If I was the ECB, I would replace those, you know, those, those square pieces of paper on which you have the number six and four. I would use sandpaper <laughs> for those. That's um, a good idea. Yeah. That could actually be done idea. by a sandpaper company. Well, oh, we're all Boom. over this now. We're all <laughs> over this. You know, and yes, I mean, there's, there's a huge campaign there. That would, be, that would be hilarious if they brought in a sandpaper sponsor <laughs> for the summer. Well, isn't there a... Anyway. No, it's sandpiper. There's a whiskey, I think. Or a hard... Sand, sandpiper. But they could come out with a special edition called sandpaper. That's, very, that's a very nasty whiskey. You're really showing your hand there. It's Indian, um... right? It's an Indian whiskey. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's... I don't know what it is. All right, Darren, thank you so much for your time. Um... I'll see you in Hong Kong.